Oh. <laughs> Probably changed his mind. <laughs> Sorry. Mm. We should mm -hmm. do the thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> do hit the thing. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Davenport podcast. We are a retro horror and sci-fi television podcast. My name is Allison and with me are my co-hosts Drew, Chris, and Andy. Hello. Hello. Hi. Not that wasn't in the right order. Yeah, they're not in that order. Don't worry yeah. about it. It's not important. It Listen to the later. last episode. I think we <laughs> yeah. get it in the right order that time. <laughs> right. So before we get too far into this episode, I wanted to mention that um, in a few weeks, it'll be officially a year since we started the podcast. Woo! So, happy first anniversary, Haunted Davenport. Yeah, four more years. <laughs> just four. Oh, just four. Just four. Andy's, Andy's quitting at four. Sorry, guys, four years, that's all. That's, that's he's, it. He's done. Yeah. That'll be really funny if that's how that works out. Oh, man. Anyway, <laughs> it's a little ways away. Yeah, so that's at least 48 more episodes, right? Yeah. So we decided, um, for, for two reasons, one, because Night Gallery is awesome and we should at least dedicate one episode a year to it, that November is Night Gallery Month, and since we uh, recorded our very first episode where we talk about the pilot episode of Night Gallery in depth for our, um, it was actually, we recorded in late November, it didn't get released till December, if anyone's mm. keeping track, but, um, it just you seems know somebody is. Yeah, somebody. Just you know. Some pencil pusher, keeping track of every episode. Yeah, we have a lot yeah. of. As long as that pencil pusher is a loyal subscriber, they can keep track of whatever they want. One day, an, arch an archivist will want to know. This. Oh yes, <laughs> this is, of course. This is yes. historic. Our, our biographers will need to know. They will. So. <laughs> you laugh now, but we... this is going to be on some uh, extra footage section. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There you go. Sure. So we are going to talk about some night gallery segments. Um, once night gallery got past the initial pilot episode, which had three shorts, the standard fare was to have a few short segments that were roughly anywhere from probably like 10 to 20 minutes long. Mm -hmm. um, so they're not, we're not talking about whole episodes of night gallery specifically, but as we cover each one, I can let you know which episode it originally occurred on. Um, and we are going to talk about five? Did we watch five? We watched, well, we, we watched a few. Yeah, we watched three full-length episodes and then two special kind of shorter ones. Yeah, two bonus shorts, which yeah. um, are actually from a later season, but because season one is kind of a short season um, for the show, they got tacked on on the DVD. So we were watching these all in a DVD set for um, off-season one, but yeah. these were tacked on. So I'll just it'll make more sense as we go along. And if you've never listened to our show before um, and you're a first-time listener, I do recommend, if you want to know more about Night Gallery, we talk about the origin of the show more in-depth on our um, first episode, uh, which is called uh, Childhood... 
television trauma and the night gallery pilot, I believe. Hmm. I'm not looking at our website, so <laughs> going off of memory. Um, yeah, so we can always change there's it to there's that. there's definitely some interesting backstory. Um, it was you know just as a quick rehash for those of you who hadn't heard this. Um, it was originally created by Rod Serling, the creator of Twilight Zone, and just a wonderful creative person all around. And then he co co-produced this with Jack Laird. And uh, throughout the series, sometimes there were creative struggles because uh, Rod Serling really felt that television was an important medium where you could really, uh, you know, have a message and educate people and enlighten and make comments about society. And Jack Laird was kind of more into let's have a campy good time and get good ratings out of this. Mm -hmm. So, um, in a nutshell. So some of the episodes are written or at least handpicked by Serling and some are Laird episodes and you can really tell a lot of times yeah, there are, which there are ones major are which tonal differences big tonal shifts as andy is saying yeah oh. so um let's see we because it's november and we're getting close to thanksgiving here we thought it um we didn't really have a theme other than night gallery but we kind of went with some family dysfunction episodes from season one for the first few segments <laughs> so right? our... because it's america exactly. it's 2018 and it's thanksgiving and is so... it <laughs> yeah. Is it Chris? <laughs> so it'll be uh, it'll be a fun Thanksgiving, I think, for a lot of people. <laughs> I, I plan on having fun. Sure. I just plan on eating a lot. Well, sometimes, even in the best of families, holidays can be very stressful. Um, so sometimes it's a little cathartic to watch families far more messed up than your own and realize you have it kind of good. That's Hopefully, true. that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. Although I miss those days of my my dad's side of the family having Christmas at my dad's side of the family and like the fist fight breaking out like every uh, oh yeah I miss that Aww. It, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Christmas until <laughs> someone, someone got punched <laughs> oh and uh, on that note on that happy note <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> okay. so um besides Christmas is next month jeez <laughs> <laughs> yeah Ooh. Yeah, we're on Thanksgiving, Chris. <laughs> oh, I'm going to jump again. Really? Uh, so the first the first segment we watched is from season one, and it's from episode three, and the segment is called Certain Shadows on the Wall. And uh, I believe this one was written by Rod Serling himself. It originally aired December 30th, 1970, and it stars the lovely Agnes Moorhead, who... If you're a Bewitched fan, you will know her as Andorra. Mm. And I am a big Bewitched fan. That's, that's so, the mother, right? She is yes, great. She is, she is so great. Yeah. Um, so. Wood. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's just such a wonderful, like, eccentric and fun presence on that show, and she's so honorary and defiant. And and in this, she plays a character who's sickly, and so she's it's a very opposite role from her role as Endora, so it's kind of mm -hmm. interesting to see the contrast. She's very sickly. She's very stage makeup sickly, mm -hmm. but she does not <laughs> yeah, look yeah. like she's having a good time. No. No, not at all. And did I... Oh, so I think I... I I'm not sure if I mentioned it at the very beginning, but we will go into full spoilers for each of these segments. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen any of these Night Gallery segments that we're going to talk about... I do recommend going and checking them out. Some of them have twist endings, so we're going to talk about those, and you will have them ruined if you listen to them. Do listen you have, to this uh, first. 
Do you have a list of the titles that we watched? So uh, we can... well, we'll go through beat by beat for so each story. So don't give spoilers for the other ones until we've already talked. Okay. About it. Yeah, okay. we'll just we'll just break it down segment <laughs> by segment. But um, you can if you have a Hulu subscription. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like they have season one any longer for streaming, but they do still have uh, streaming for two and three. Um, if you think you might be a fan of the show and you enjoy owning physical media, you can. Uh, purchase this through Amazon. Um, I think each season is about twenty bucks for DVD a DVD set. Um, it's I'm worth not it. sure who else is streaming currently, um, but I'm pretty sure somebody must be where you can like rent by episode or something like that. And, oh yeah, I'm um, sure it's on Amazon Prime or something. Yeah, and if and if all else fails, you know, you can check out your local library. Sometimes that. That helps. I've Very true. I've yet to uh, be a member of a library that did not have Night Gallery or Twilight Zone. So hmm. hopefully, if you're fortunate enough to live near a decent sized library system, that could be an option. But we will be talking about this first segment in full spoilers. And uh, did anybody want to give the synopsis? Sure, I'll jump in. Uh, so this segment, uh, essentially there is a sickly and dying woman who's living in this grand old, just this wonderful house with her two sisters and brother who are, um, the brother is not fond apparently of any of them at all. He has a lot of harsh words for him. Um, and early on in the episode, the sickly sister passes on and leaves a, a, it's, it's kind of hard to describe. I'm not sure what emotion I'm supposed to get from it, but she leaves like a, a, a shadow just in one of the room walls. Yeah. Uh, and it cannot be gotten rid of by paint or by, you know, tearing the wallpaper off or anything. It's just, it's, it's there. Ghostly image on the wall. Yes, of her like sitting up in bed. Um, mm-hmm. And Which it's interesting. Which is what she was doing beforehand, yeah. Yeah. And well, every it, night it sounds like dying. her entire life, though, basically, is what she just sat in bed. In bed, listening to books being read, yeah. Right. You get a, yeah, you get a certain sense the brother kind of Spent provides some exposition. Life. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, about how she's sickly, and then, you know, one of his other sisters is always freaking out. And right. She seems the innocent one, and there's the other one. I mean, they kind of set her up, you know, really as like a red herring for being... Because she's so, uh, you know, catty and oh, the the smarter sister, the yes. one that's like mm -hmm. matter of fact with everything, the sort and... of kind of hot one, yeah, like hot <laughs> in an older. I, I guess if you're into that, if you're into older redheaded lady, older <laughs> sure. I thought yeah. she looked cool. Yeah, she had and some then, good yeah, time. and then the Make other sister is the one that's kind of dim witted and yeah. And free spirited. She's the and, baby of the family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who also is kind of sort of cute. Yeah. In her own way. You got, a thing, you got a thing for ladies in Victorian uh, houses, basically, is so what you're saying. I think that's <laughs> it. Nothing wrong with totally that. It. It's all about that wainscoting. <laughs> Get yeah. this guy in an old Victorian house. And... So, that wallpaper. Note, note to the listening audience. Any, that's right. Any ladies. nice single women out there, you've got, got a Victorian house on your hands. <laughs> Chris may be the person for you. <laughs> you ladies like Cliff Edwards, so yeah. yeah. So she's she's a big uh, the the character played I believe is Emma is the name of the sis the oldest sister the sickly one. Yes. She is the one that's played by Agnes Moorhead, and she before she dies um, expresses a deep fondness for Dickens. Yes. And when she passes away, they 
the camera closes in on a shot of Bleak House, which was the last <laughs> yeah. thing so is, being is read to her. Is that what he's reading to her? I believe yeah. so, yeah. She, yeah. she was requesting uh, great expectations, I think, for the next night, mm -hmm. was it? Yeah, yeah. And then... well, and, you know, she's trying to be optimistic or something. I just I just don't know how great expectations is going to make you feel all that great. Right. Of course, <laughs> I don't know how any Dickens would make you feel We're great. Really, you right? know, you're you so pick... right. Like... You know, like, like any of them. Oh well, I'll read you a Christmas Carol, and it's all about ghosts and dead people, or or yeah, and, and mistakes. Or, <laughs> yeah, or or I'll read you Nicholas Nickleby, and it'll be so long you'll wanna die. <laughs> well, when people describe a world as uh, Dickensian, it often has kind of a similar connotation to like dystopian. Yeah, well, like, yeah. so lots of income inequality, <laughs> lots of pollution, yeah. things aren't going well for most people. So much tragedy. Yes. Yeah. And I'm talking about a world where you could be five years old and dying of black lung because you're a coal miner. It's it's fitting if you want, for the story. If you, yeah. Yeah, you know, as a side note, if you want a really great historical fiction book that is based in Dickens era London, read Drood by um, Dan Simmons. It is a page-turner, great plot, and it's a fictionalized account of the last five years of Dickens' life. And, oh. But you learn a lot about London and just how Wait. dirty London was. Dan uh. Simmons, who wrote Hyperion? Yes. Oh, Dan he, Simmons. He yeah. is a fantastic horror and sci-fi writer. He also wrote The Terror. If yeah. you're oh, a that's fan a great of, book. Yeah. Great book if you're a fan of the uh, AMC miniseries, too, so... Oh. Anyways. Yes. Cool. We're into that. So, alright. Back to people dying. So, <laughs> yeah, so she dies. She leaves her death shadow on the wall. In the parlor downstairs. In the parlor downstairs. And the two sisters don't seem to mind it at all. It's just, you know, yeah, they're like, a oh, friendly it's... reminder of their sister. But the brother is very upset by this. <laughs> and he wants to try and figure out why it's there and what's going on with it. Yes. And how can we get rid of it. And starting to sound a little guilty, mm. you know? Well, and it, it should be noted that we learn that the... The entire inheritance, this wonderful, majestic Victorian house and all of the uh, museum-esque belongings therein, were willed to the three siblings equally after uh, Emma's uh, eventual passing. Right. So there, there, there's a motivation here for some foul play. And Did I should... ever explain how she got all that? Yeah, uh, her father did. was well because she's the oldest. She's yeah. the oldest, so she just inherited yeah. it. Yeah, and well, then the brother later on accuses her of you know leeching off of their father. Well, they we're also speculating that maybe because she had chronic health problems, yeah. that the father was worried she wouldn't be able to provide for herself otherwise. Right, so they left her the most. I think that happens sometimes. Left yeah. everything to her. And I do want to say in that initial scene, there is some great. Um, uh, it's not backlighting it's like four lighting that casts some very clear right. shadows and you Shadow have some play. some actual four shadowing really if you'll forgive yes. me uh, <laughs> yes. uh, it's true yes but she she and the brother uh, both strike the poses that they eventually strike um so we should explain oh, yeah, the, the yeah. part about the brother yes and his eventual shadow right. on the wall so the brother who's freaking out about the shadow on the wall and then tries to paint over it but it's on wallpaper, and he tries to paint over, and it shows all this paint on his jacket. And then when they show the new scene where the shadow's still there, 
Like, the wallpaper's a slightly darker color it's near like, the shadow. Like, yeah, purple watercolor paint. Yeah, it looks Or, like, like just got it wet, you know? Just got yeah. it wet, yeah. Like, it was, it's but like a... But I really a, didn't think, I really did not think that they would do it quite like that. I thought, I thought he was going to literally... Yeah, I thought there was going to be a painting or... Or, or that, that room was going to be painted. Right, like, like a white... Scene. No, it's, yeah. it's just that area. It's just that area. It, like, we're well, and it also so just kind of looks like... They run it almost budget. looks like yeah. the wall was dirty and they just cleaned that one oh, yeah, spot, yeah. you know? It's just that one spot and then I couldn't stop laughing. It's yeah. a really cool effect, though. The, like... Oh, yeah. The, the shadow, the fake shadow. Mm-hmm. There's for non. It is creepy looking because it looks like a real Oregon residence. There's the uh, the enchanted forest oh, of yeah. Oregon, our small Disneyland. Yes. Um, <laughs> and they have the haunted house there. And one of the creepiest things in the haunted house is when you walk down a hallway and your shadow is cast on the wall, and there's a shadow on the wall. That you think you're going to come upon some figure or something around the corner and you get to the corner no one's there. And then you look back and the shadow's still there. <laughs> and it, like, the first, I don't know, four times, still every once in a while, I still have to, like, at least kind of, like, rub my hand across it to, re yeah. like, really just feel the feeling of it. But, like, it gets you. Like, it's you unnerving. Think there's yeah. really a shadow when there is no shadow. It totally does. That is one of the creepiest haunted houses so I can I imagine if this showed up in your house, like, unexplained, you know, that would definitely be disturbing. Yeah. Or, not to be insanely morbid, but I'm going to go there. I also think of <laughs> stories of when uh, the atomic bombs were dropped in Japan. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought. People, I was going to reference that, but I didn't, just I didn't kind want of vape, to. Yeah. I wanted to get that dark. Yeah. Yeah. No, the Enchanted Got Forest reference is much more fun. And that thing, the first time I saw that as an elementary school age kid, um, I, I was either with my mom or possibly my forest, aunt. Not. not. Nobody <laughs> thinks I was in Japan. <laughs> yeah, no. So I, I would not go around the corner for a minute. I, it took some, some forcing because I was afraid that the shadow was concealing something, that like eyes were going to light up or that something was, it was dark enough I couldn't tell is it just a shadow? Is something going to come out of that mm -hmm. wall? I was really concerned about it. And I still get creeped out. We were there this summer and still a little it's disconcerting. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you know it's good horror if it still gets to you. Yeah, yeah. they haven't totally. changed. I think it'd be really sneaky and horribly wonderful of them to just make a few tweaks every couple of years so all of us who grew up with the haunted house were like oh i know what's around this corner and just just Keep to throw you, you off toes, yeah yeah all righty well so in conclusion well yeah so then um after you know you've got your suspicions that the brother probably did his sister in well, we should, well he's a doctor yeah we should say he is both a failed doctor and a failed gambler he is essentially penniless and he wants his inheritance we see him cataloging the value of the house and the property and everything and crushing up pills into his sister's drink yes and so. crushing up pills into his sister's telling drink. her it's gonna make her all better well, and if he's a doctor and she's in chronic pain, you know, he might be, he might be giving her some opium or something. Yeah, yeah. Know, just trying, well, trying to ease the past. Well, so then she, after she does pass, when we still don't know what's going on, he's talking to the, uh, the was it the coroner or? Yeah. Someone the, at the what, funeral home. Somebody, oh. and they were like, you know, what's the, he's like, it's 
This is the cause of death. I signed off on it. It's fine. Yes, dyspepsia. Stop questioning it. <laughs> Just is... bury her already. Yeah. No, we don't need a review. Oh, Side that's note. not suspicious. Does anyone know what dyspepsia is? I think it's they like don't. acid reflux. I will look it up because that's it's when you go Caused back... by drinking too much Pepsi. Uh, yeah, it's mm. when you go back and drinking Coke again. Oh. Yeah. That's what it is. No. I, I'm glad I have you guys here it's to answer important generation. medical questions. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Yes, dyspepsia man. is known as the common name of indigestion. So she, yeah, he she said died that she, of indigestion. she died of extreme indigestion. Goodness. Yes. Okay. Of burning in the stomach, abdominal pain, et cetera, et cetera. I, so, you know, I ate too much well, Taco Bell. It's, once, uh, <laughs> well, and it, it should be noted that you can, like, dyspepsia can sometimes precede a heart attack or something like sure. that. So. Well, and people have died of digestive disorders, not to, like, totally, you know, minimize yeah. it. Um, but it, that is, yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> it's an interesting thing for them to write into the story. Yes. or And for, you know him to pass off to the coroner this right. is what what happened yes. so to kind of wrap up the story he's uh in his study cataloging and getting ready to sell off the house and all the belongings and the the uh, do we just call her the naive sister the i think so yeah the, the, the innocent the youngest. sister yeah. the youngest yeah. she comes in and she says what are you doing you know i'm cataloging why would you do that because we're going to sell the house. She says, what if I don't want to sell the house? And he says, you know, don't be silly. And then she says, you've been stressed and tired. You should sleep. You should take some of these pills and, you know, help you sleep. They're just for sleeping, right? The pills he's <laughs> been giving the other sisters. Oh, yes, of course. They're just to help you sleep. That's yeah, all they're, they're for. they're completely harmless. And then she says, perfect. Here, have your tea. <laughs> yeah, just... Wink, yeah, wink. Un underscore leaves the room and tells her sister we should go to bed now. And don't worry, our dear brother will sleep fine too. I gave him some of those pills he was giving sister to help her sleep. So yeah, she she kills her brother, possibly knowingly. I don't know, there's always a little bit of a twinkle in her eye when she's acting dumb. It's open-ended, but I like to think that she did it on purpose. Yes, I definitely got the impression that there was... And then, there's more going on under the surface. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she sings, she sings a little song at that really awesome, weird, upright piano. Oh, yeah, yeah. That piano. It's like It looks like a pipe organ yeah. had yeah. sex so with this, an upright the, piano. The whole set <laughs> in this episode is just fantastic. There's so much cool shit there's in so these people's cool house. There's so much cool stuff. Yeah. great. But, uh, but if you'll notice, too, she's singing along, and, and you hear the piano music, which is, like, out of tune, the piano's sound is out of tune which i love like that attention to detail but uh but if you well, watch she was probably fingers, actually playing the yeah, piano no no oh, if no. you watch her fingers she's not even pressing down on the keys because i think that would have interfered with oh yeah i think she didn't sound. know yeah. how to play and then if she actually held down keys and make a noise that would interfere with her singing but right yeah. right but then it adds this like creep creepier right. effect because her her touch on the Jeez. on the piano itself, you know, because yeah. she's not they're really all ghosts. Yeah, yeah, they're the, all uh, ghosts. They're all dead. And the the ultimate the ultimate reveal after we get to this scene here is uh, the camera pans over from her singing at this awesome piano, 
and we see that the brother's shadow has now been left on the wall with him mm-hmm. holding a book. Holding a book, come yep. now forever reading to yep. his sickly sister. In the right, uh, right next to his reading, sister's shadow. Uh, a tale of two cities, mm-hmm. which ends sort of a, a tale of great. two ghosts. Yeah, it could be. Which I think, like, it's kind of that joke of you know, this is my heaven, this is my hell. Because, oh, like, yes. for her, her heaven would just be to have him read to her for eternity right. and his hell. And so she went to heaven and got her brother to read to Dickens to her for the rest of eternity. And he went to hell where he reads his sister, Dickens, the for the rest eternity. of eternity. Yep. It's the it's best awesome. of times, it was the blurst of times. <laughs> Stupid monkey. Stupid monkey. <laughs> oh, that poor monkey. <laughs> Simpsons reference. We don't have that as a drink. No, we don't. I don't think it's going to come up as often. Yeah. Then uh, the other one. It might. Anyways. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that was it. What's, what was the next one we watched? Oh, so to continue with our theme of dysfunctional family, uh, the theme within the theme, um, we watched, we watched a segment, uh, entitled uh, Clean Kills and Other Trophies. And this was from Season 1, Episode 4. It was also written by Rod Serling, and it originally aired January 6, 1971. You can always tell the ones he wrote because they have, like, underlying social aspects to it. Yes, totally. Usually, yeah. yeah. Trying to better humanity. He was trying to better humanity. Rails on his son being just a oh yeah for 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 being oh, a for, for being a wimp well, so no, milk sod before milk you guys sod, get too yeah. too heavy into com- comments do you want to <laughs> oh. does someone want to give the synopsis well, this is, uh, for this so, this segment so i'm not quite certain why the inheritance i mean his father is still alive obviously but he's getting an inheritance well it's like a trust he's getting a trust oh, because he's, right. he's coming of, of a well, certain he's age a, he's graduated from college that so so yeah. I'll, I'll just go ahead and, and take this one so backtrack <laughs> this is a story about a father and son who are at odds with each other because of their lifestyle choices basically and the father is um what? Is there an, is a nice way to describe this man? He's a trophy he's, hunter. He's a trophy hunter. He's, he's a big game trophy hunter, like 1800 He's style. a rich, yeah, he's a rich... Buller. A rich <laughs> safari hunter yeah, totally. type, and he um, is kind of lives... He lives by a kill-or-be-killed cutthroat mentality. He, he's and probably compensating for something. He's also a huge racist. It, and, yes. Um, yeah, yeah. He he has a son who's obviously, you know, like a young college liberal of the times and he's got a little got a damn he's, peace sign he's button got, on he's, he's dressed Yeah, he's yeah. dressed nicely and conservatively. Not that I think that conservative is that nice, but he's he's dressed up, you know, properly for his his dad's home, and he's home visiting. Well, and he's he, got he's shaggy dressed, hair and well, like and a little time, peace button. He's dressed very Ivy League. Like, yes. he yeah, he obviously went to like a, a really nice. School. But there's little hints that he's rebelling, and he's he's definitely a peace loving person. And his father is very upset that he won't go hunting, and that he cowers when that he cowered as a child and taken on the hunt. And, yes, when um, guns went off, he would hide in bushes. And he also has, um, the father has a servant who lives in the home who I, I'm guessing he brought with him from Africa. He brought him yeah, back. He brought he back met, from yeah, he met him. A native from some savage tribe. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's totally, you know, degrading to this 
to this guy who's his servant. I believe the servant's name is Tom. Yes. And then there's an attorney who's present. He's <laughs> just just trying to do his job. And the attorney, <laughs> the attorney's very sympathetic. Both both Tom and the attorney are very sympathetic towards the son and realize that he's a good person and that he has his heart in the right place. And the um and the attorney is there because the son is about to come of age and inherit um a multi-million dollar trust yes um it's not like the will leaving him everything it's just you're old enough so you get a chunk of the estate is is the situation and he um he is uh it's supposed to all go through without a hitch but then the father's just being more and more vile towards him and he looks at him he's like you know what i'm adding a codicil to this trust you have to kill something within the next 15 days or I'm just going to burn through this 2 million plus that you're right. supposed to inherit and you get nothing. Um, and so the... Because Basically, he'd make it his life's goal to make sure that his son got nothing of this trust. Well, and he's yeah. even... he's Yeah, he's threatening to do that, not just to take it away because the attorney is horrified and advises the son to sue him for basically like a breach of promise because um, the trust that he's created for the son was kind of a tax shelter. So there would be all kinds of legal ramifications oh, to yeah. withdraw oh, he it. He's going to have a, a hydrocorzil. No. What's, what's the agreement? He's oh. going to put a stop to it. Oh, the codicil? The codicil. Yeah. So he's like, add... but I love that there's like oh, hydrocorzil. No, but there's, a, <laughs> there's like a rash. good 15 minute pause when he says yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I could just like me, I'm just going, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I know probably a lot of other people watching home were thinking, what yeah. is that? Sure. Well, I felt like. The everyday language. Like you're mentioning the pause. I felt that the lawyer character was really well written because mm-hmm. it was like, it's such a. His character is literally just trying to do his job. Yeah. He just needs him to sign some paperwork, <laughs> yeah. and then he can go home. It should only take two minutes. And he's caught up in, like, this crazy man ranting about his son, and he's just trying to be polite mm-hmm. and get out of there it's and get him to sign the damn paper. It's fine for him, because it's another quarter of an hour he can bill him for. <laughs> yeah, but it's like... That'll cost you $750. It's like if... <laughs> If you work anywhere where you deal with the public and, oh. like, all of a sudden, oh, yeah. like, a couple starts arguing in front of oh. you, and then, like, like you're not there, and then, at the end of it, they go, well, what do you think? <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> Please make up and go away. Yeah, yeah. So not my fight. I think I need new clients. Would you like fries with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, our... our... Our dad is an attorney. I thought the character was fairly accurate in his portrayal of just how he's explaining and advising. And and also, you know, fair enough, he says, which would be really realistic, he says, you know, I can't legally represent you to the son because I'm your father's attorney, but I can refer you to a really good a good law yeah, firm. We'll rate. make sure that you're taken care of. He's, yeah, he's in a good position, you know, where he's got the support, but he kind of feels, uh, unfortunately, kind of duty-bound to it, or he wants to prove, he really does want to prove right. something to his dad. The, the son. He just, the son, yeah. the son yeah. just well, wants to prove him wrong. Well, not just prove him wrong, but just, like, shut him up. I also yeah. think, you know, I think this, this kid's been psychologically abused by his dad his whole life for being himself and i think 
there's a little bit of, I don't know, resignation and heartbreak with this last final straw. It's like he's legally entering adulthood and his dad is putting this, you know, final stipulation. You have to go out and, and kill an animal because you're so opposed to it. Like he just wants to degrade him one last time. And yeah. I, think, I think there's just sort of, you know, he, he's an abused kid. He's, you know, he's a rich kid, but he's an abused kid and he's he's downtrodden because no mother is mentioned or shown so you kind of get the feeling that he's just been dealing with his dad his whole life and his dad's you know a complete jerk to him yes and he uh the son also drinks heavily and we we see him drinking lots of brandy early on the episode so he's not coping well (laughs) right no can't really blame the guy though no he's having a hard time so the 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 father arranges. Eventually, the son agrees and, right. and They're gonna to go, go on the hunt. Deer hunting in the morning. Because um, it means so much to his dad, and so, so they go. They arrange to go deer hunting. Jeez, Drew. <laughs> Sweet. Hey, Dad. We're can we, recording can an we episode. Pa- right? Let's just pause. We'll go back. I'll call you back later, unless it's an emergency. Hi, Blaine. We're leaving all of it. <laughs> no, I think that should all stay in. Oh, goodness. Dad can... Blainer's now been part of the podcast. So, so cameo by Blaine Clark. <laughs> Via Drew's phone. Okay, so... Uh, in the meantime, in, in the night before this hunt is supposed to take place, Tom um, basically indicates to the attorney that he's only stuck around for the welfare of the son because he likes the son and he wants to make sure he's okay and he uh spends the night in front of the fireplace praying to the gods that he believes in Mm -hmm. from his culture and he um basically spends heavy time heavy meditation and prayer focusing on um what's to come and the hunting trip happens the father's horrendous. The son uh, sees a buck in the woods, and he's about to... Well, he hesitates on the shot for yeah. too long, and the dad gets mad and hits him, and hitting him makes the rifle fire, but, you know, not a very good shot. I don't know. I Shot him in the lungs. And... Yeah, so I, I was going to say, you know, he's the dad's complaining about what a terrible shot it was, and I'm like... He had it trained on him, so even even after the the son gets hit in the head, yeah. he still manages to hit this deer at like fifty yards. Yeah, I'm not You're really like, That's sure not bad. what the dad's problem is because he's like, well, you know, you need a it clean k- kill, and he's a he's a trophy guy. He's not killing this deer for meat. Right. I don't know anything about taxidermy, but the father has a room full of animal heads and and taxidermy animals. I'm not sure. If you're just looking for a deer mount to say, look at this thing I killed, I don't know that a long looking, shot would ruin he's that. Looking, he's looking for that, you know, it's like the um, the little league dad mm-hmm. who wants to see his son make to be a home run. run. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. be like, oh, I'm so proud of you. Now you're, you know, you've made up for... And also clean kill is kind of a funny statement because even if it's a quick kill and, you know with as, the least amount of suffering as possible, is any killing really clean? Mm. I would say no. There's <laughs> an added irony, too. I mean, it's a really... I really like this episode. It was very, like, masterfully written. It's yeah. Like, it, that he was... um. He, he The father makes the point about 
Tom, his his African manservant, I guess. It, mm-hmm. You know that he's oh, you know, don't let the Oxford accent and the fancy clothes fool you. He's still a savage, except it's really you know. Tom it's, carries himself very well. Right, 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 right. Rooted in tradition, it is an honorable man, and yet, you and know. the guy saying that is the one that acts like a savage. He's the exactly. one yeah. in this exactly. savagery, and, and Tom is the one that says, no, you can't, you know, that doesn't prove anything of you. It's, it's, um, it's a funny, you know, there's, it's Rod Serling, it's social commentary about, mm. like, you know, not only, like, race and culture. And, mm. Right. And, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and quote-unquote civilized society and its yes. attitudes about everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and so so the the son father and son come home with the deer in tow and... And the dad is unreasonably pissed about having to, like, follow this deer that they eventually <laughs> killed around for, like, three and a half hours. Right. Yeah. You know? But yeah. <laughs> good exercise for him. Sure. But he... So he comes home and he starts... Um, the son goes up to bed and he, the father starts to feel very uncomfortable and overheated and kind of like he can't breathe and overwhelmed and, um, and that's, you know, it ends with that and then goes on to the next day. Mm -hmm. And then, and then we cut to the next morning and the next morning, um, the attorney's about to leave and he has a conversation with Tom and Tom explains that he was praying for, um, for the father to know what it is to be, to be hunted. hunted as and to experience what his prey have been experiencing this whole time. And it turns out, fun twist, <laughs> that the father has experienced the wrath of Tom's gods and he has now turned into a trophy head in his trophy room. Yep, he is. He ends the episode mounted on the wall. I I, I almost didn't think they were going to show it. I was like, they kind of have to show it because, like, it's good. It's it's too perfect, but then I thought, oh, but is that too... Nightmare goes there sometimes. There's no blood or anything. That's true. That's very so that, it it's just a cheeky head on the wall. <laughs> a very, very Twilight Zoney thing to have them like, you know, have the lawyer run up and be like, "Oh my God, it's terrible!" and then leave, and, and then never the door closes, and never show. Like, oh, no, that's why this this episode actually because they show the head and because there's all the gratuitous shots of all the trophy animals early on in the episode, it really has that EC Comics Tales from the Crypt vibe oh, yeah. to it. Very uh, moralizing, which I yeah. Which really like. Speaking of comics and, and everything, uh, Andy, you pointed out the framing in this in Yes. This oh, yeah. Uh, a, a lot of the dialogue, especially in the first half of this episode, is shot in shot-reverse shot. So you have, you know, two characters. One is kind of in the foreground, one is in the background, and they're talking to each other. Um, but for some reason, there's... In a lot of the conversations, there's something in the middle occupying like the center of where a conversation would be. There's a a person being talked over or talked to with a person behind them, and it's framed in this weird kind of triangle with like a, the vanishing point in the back. Um, and I, I, you know, I looked up the the director of the episode, and he wasn't anybody I recognized, but he'd done some films and things like that. But I, I don't know why that choice was made creatively, but it was very effective. It's it's in... very effective. It will, it's the it's the lawyer then. The lawyer alone with the son and Tom, mm-hmm. and so from one angle, and and the son is always in the center, but then they shoot it from one angle, uh, spanning them out, mm-hmm. having this conversation, and then it kind of goes to the reverse with the other way, 
and it's really effective. And then I think is it the lawyer and Tom then have a conversation. Yes, in and the trophy room. Yeah, and there's a trophy with the cougar. Yeah. Or no, cougar. That's right. Cougar, yeah. Well, giant cougar. You know what I think that is? I think that's. I I think it's a subtle nod then to like those nature gods that. Mm. Oh, you know what? I bet bet you're right. And I think you're right because early on conversation, they're part of the conversation. Yeah, they shoot. They shoot a scene earlier where they're having a conversation, and the dad is framed. So I think whoever is is in in the primary frame is supposed to be the person in the scene that has the power. Over yeah. the situation, and oh. it's a hint at the end where you see, you know, this this uh, taxidermied animal at the end. You're like, oh, it's gonna have its day here. Oh, totally. I'm gonna have to watch this. Why we love on night. This yeah. well, night galleries, well made. No, this this was a well crafted episode, was good. and I really and liked it. I should speak. I love the set on this one too. It's night gallery is such a class act. You know, they mm-hmm. the all three of the episodes that we watched that have really good sets in this are fantastic. It's like these big old houses where just weird shit is going on. <laughs> And they're lovely. They're decorated out to the nines every time. Yeah. Yeah, whoever did set design on the show really did a good job. Like, they they earned their keep. Yes, absolutely. For sure. So, if anybody wants to go deeper into the research than we went, the director for the episode, or for this segment of this episode called Clean Kills and Other Trophies uh, was Walter Doniger. Um, also, I just thought quick mention oh, the big game hunter father uh, was played by Raymond Massey, who I believe Chris you looked up and discovered he had been in Ars- Arsenic, Arsenic and Old Lace. Yeah, oh, he's the, in the Boris uh, Karloff role. Yeah. yeah, he's the he's the killer older brother, and then he he gets mad because the plastic surgeon uh, messes up. He makes him look like Boris Karloff, which right. in the original. Broadway run right. that was character played, was by, played by, Boris by Boris Karloff, Karloff. but then when they made the movie, uh, he was making another film, so yeah. they used um, Raymond Massey. Great movie though, fantastic movie. Yeah, yeah. If you've never seen Arsenic and Old Lace, go watch it. It's we a, did that. We it's did... a great Halloween movie because it's set on Halloween night. Uh, it is. Oh. Yeah, we did that at uh, my high school. We did oh, yeah, oh, the you play. did the play? Yeah, yeah a lot of yeah. people do the play. It's a I good was, play. Uh, and I was Teddy. Yeah. Yeah, nice. it was so fun. It was such a great role. Yeah. That play and, um, what's another one? Uh, Our Town? Harvey. Oh, Harvey, Harvey's yeah. a good one that a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Our Town is also great. <laughs> yeah. I love Thornton Wilder. Totally. He's depressing and, ugh. Anyways. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> so that was that episode. Very good episode. And then next we move on to a little less, um, a little more cheekier, just in the sense that, you know, it's Vincent Price's in this oh, yeah. one. This oh, one is campy yes. all over. And yes. Vincent Price is one of my favorite kings of overacting, and he definitely overacts in this one. He's he having so much fun, though. Yeah. Um, he's just mugging everything. So this one, <laughs> uh, so this, this next segment we're going to talk about uh, was actually... From season three, but if you end up purchasing uh, Night Gallery on DVD, it uh, ends up being in the bonus material on um, on season one for some reason. I don't know why, sure. um, but that's where it is. Because it's amazing. I think, well, I also think just because season one was such a shorter season in comparison to two and three that right. they had to um, fill it. Yeah, and these these were kind of short. This, this particular segment's not humorous, but the next two that we talk about are going to be. Um, but yeah, The Return of the Sorcerer originally aired September 24th, 1989. 
1972. It was directed by someone whose name I'm going to butcher. Uh, it was uh, Jano Swark. I'm not sure. How would you how would you say that? Are you looking here? It's it's S Z W A R R C. Zvark. Some of those letters could be silent. <laughs> um, and it was written by Halsted Wells. It stars Vincent Price and uh, Bill Bix Bixby. And a sorcerer hires a translator to translate um, manuscripts from the Necronomicon, basically. Yes. They're connected to his brother's <laughs> Bill Bixby, who, by the way, plays Bruce Banner in The Incredible, Hel uh, Incredible Hulk. TV oh, okay. Yeah. Obviously not. Wasn't Rod Sterling's daughter in this episode, too? Rod Sterling's daughter? Yeah. Um, I think... I forget her name. I... I'm, I don't have that in um, front of me. Well, no. Um, her name's something Sterling. He's Serling. Oh, her name. Her last name was Sterling? Sterling. Like silver? Okay. So, no. Oh, so this, uh, this episode aired the same year... That Vincent Price was in Doctor Fives Rises Again, which is really good. This yeah. this episode has kind of it's kind of a, a Doctor Fives vibe to it. Like, it's it's almost it's, like it was written for Vincent. Yeah. You know? well, oh, it probably. I, I think around this time he was doing like final Doctor Fives, Doctor Fives Rises Again. The following year he did Theater Blood, and yeah. those oh, I are love all, that one. Yeah, those are all like campy, fun. The tongue-in-cheek kind of 70s movies. price is yeah at it, like it's best you know totally yeah sure so and and in kind of keeping with our theme this ends up being a um you, you learn that uh vincent price's sorcerer had a twin brother and that they had feuded and one had murdered the other and split him into pieces yeah and then he's right. Throughout this episode, he's in, living in terror of the pieces all coming back to get him. Right. And he has a female assistant, and she's sort of plotting against them both. And uh, and his dad's a goat. Yeah. His dad is totally a goat. Reincarnated as the falling a goat. tower. Yeah. So we're treated to a scene of them all at the dinner table, and the goat is adorned and sitting in a chair eating from a bowl. And he's pretty adorable he's very well behaved too mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he's a i know i was really surprised he wasn't trying to munch on everything in sight yes but he was a very good but goat probably actor. took and all the, day to film and the 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 sorceress the, the the woman involved in this is just fantastic because she's she's trying to seduce the translator for most of the episode and is like oh we're gonna have the black mass tonight you should come it'll be far out like whoa yeah she was great and i and i feel really bad because i didn't write her name down the name of the actress in this segment it was something sterling okay well i, I you'd have to look that up because yeah. i i don't have that in front of me anyway Jeanette, but yeah. maybe um, anyways so she was super nonchalant about it too though yeah, like, she was, it was just in passing it's like oh yeah yeah, no, no, we're cool. Now, it's this okay. The one, was this the one that was written by Clark Ashton, or based on it's, Clark Ashton It's based Smith? on a short story by Clark Ashton Smith, and it was originally published in um, in one of the Weird Tales magazines. Yeah. It, draws, it draws a lot from the from the Lovecraft, the it, Cthulhu. Yeah. Well, it, it features the Necronomicon. It features yeah. the Necronomicon. Um, but this one, I think, did they say the... I kept waiting for them to... Mention Abdul Al Hazard. They do not. They, in this they one. didn't. In no. this, they just mentioned the name of the book. 
Right. They did mention it was written in Arabic. Yes. And so, oh, because then we learned about Abracadabra. There's a certain point where they're reading. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. They're re- they're, he's they're, reading so, from the thing and, like, from the Necronomicon and part of it's Abracadabra. Yeah. And we all which had sounds, a good laugh which, at that because it sounds, sounds so silly. Yeah. But it, at one point in time, it actually used to mean something It's a word people. of power. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and he's, yeah. Uh, he's saying it. He's invoking other gods and words of power. In order well, to I think he himself. says, I think he says, Relay. He may. Like, like, like Relay Cthulhu. Um, but I think he says that at some, at some point. Yeah, and he's invoking other demons' names, he, like Asmodeus. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's he's a, yeah, he's a popular one. Yeah. Amadeus. And Baal. <laughs> oh, I forget he says that. That's yeah. Funny. And... Just Vincent Price. Every time he's on screen, he, like hears noises and he's just freaking out, looking yeah. everywhere. Dude, he has lots his... of facial expressions yeah. trying oh, to just like very, uh... tell you what he's thinking in his head yeah. as he hears something in the background. It, well, it's a combined like rats in the walls, um, uh, like a telltale heart kind of thing. Right, yeah, right, right. It's like, don't you hear the rats? And, and, yeah, there's you know. a little bit of Poe in there. Yeah, yeah, it's it's but it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's a very and the lighting is really fun in this one. Oh, and the it's, set it's, is amazing. Yeah. amazing. The Bill, giant Bill rooms and clothes. And, the and like, thing. there's that crazy van art like mural on the wall oh, in the yeah. back where it's like either oh. God or a wizard like reaching down from like the sun. Mm-hmm. That's right. And and speaking to the plot of it, the um. The, wit- the sorcerer has already tried to translate this twice, and the two previous translators have fled in fear right. because of the passage that they're not supposed to translate in this. And the current translator has to be held at gunpoint to 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 you know to, to get finish it, reading to finish it. reading it, despite you know a, a very heavy salary that he's being offered. Um, and it turns out that the uh, the passage is punishable by flaying and dismemberment. Mm-hmm. Um, just fantastic. So he's not exactly signed up for it, but right. <laughs> no. But he keeps getting coaxed, coaxed into it by Vincent Price with a gun and a hot sorceress. And a hot sorceress, so, yeah. yeah. I kind of like that where he's sort of like afraid about it at the end, and like he thinks that's what's gonna happen, and and she kind of doesn't answer. His <laughs> yeah, she's like, right. She's like, well, because he reads it, and then the the brother comes back. Yes. After he reads this, or no. The brother had already came back. Yes, he'd but, been creeping up slowly right. in parts and pieces. Well, but no, so so he reads that he translates that bit, and then mm-hmm. they hear the scratching, and they open the door, and it's like his hand and his foot. It's just right, right, right. Foot right. Yeah, it's just a great scene. Um, but yes, eventually at the end of the episode, his his reconfigured, his recombobulated brother comes back from the grave. Right. Because the passage that he's not supposed to read indicates that sorcerers can put themselves back together even after they're dead. Right. All they need is willpower, and when when a sorcerer does it, it's never good for anybody. <laughs> yeah, it's they're, they're, this is just fantastic. There's so much great stuff going it's on in this episode. Pretty over the top. Yeah. It would have made a good Halloween watching. It yeah. would have. So and then, yeah, then the sorcerer has come back, and they're having the black mass, and, and I'm trying reality, to remember how the the apprentice gets back in involved. Oh, he's so the black mass happens, and he's gonna get the fuck out of there. He does not want to <laughs> yeah. stick around. 
Um, Vincent Price's zombie brother kills him. He dismembers him. In Which turn. is just Vincent Price with like ghoul makeup, yeah, with, yeah. Frankenstein yeah. face makeup and everything, and then standing on an apple crate. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he he has a scimitar that he takes from Vincent Price, and he's gonna chop his head off. And it's it's implied that they're both dead and dismembered by the end of this episode. Um, right. Our translator is trying to leave, Bill Bixby, vacating the premises, but he gets stopped by Hot Sorceress, and... Is she wearing the upside-down star on her shirt? She is. Not so, so subtle. She uh, has I don't point. feel like she's wearing it at the end. No, she, but she has oh. three outfits, right. which are all equally wonderful. She has an upside-down star on her, like, blouse and top, would you yeah. call it? It's like a dress. Yeah. It's a full dress. Um, She has this super loud, like sequined black top thing that she's wearing at dinner it's low cut it's just great um she wears that for a little while and then she also has a all black cultist robe with a red upside down cross on it oh i forgot about those Those yeah well the brothers were wearing those too so that was just you know regular regular wear for so on the nose their unholy mass yeah like like pure satanic panic just wonderful stuff and the, so he's trying, he's trying to leave, and the sorceress, you know, coaxes him back into sticking around with her. Mm-hmm. Which is when he asks, Yeah, you which know, is when he asks, hey, is there... Is there anything to that filleting and dismembering? dismembering? <laughs> and she just says, ah. <laughs> <laughs> really Come good. with me. It's really no. good. And then the door's shut. He just, yeah, and he's immediately kind of, like, <laughs> taken fire. It's just like, okay. Yes. <laughs> Well, like, remember, right. it's, it's indicated that sorceresses are much more powerful than right. a sorcerer is. Right. Mm-hmm. They can exert their influence over men however mm-hmm. they want or something. Yeah, I feel That's like true. just after the uh, <laughs> roll, that guy's getting flayed. Yep. Yeah. He's in, he's in for a good flaying. <laughs> Alright. Well, that was that that segment. Yes. <laughs> and, what, and what a segment. It was an extensive use of fog machine in this one, too. Mm-hmm. This and one, yeah. The set on this one... Like, the other two sets were great in the sense of, like, these are awesome old houses that you would just want to hang out in. Mm-hmm. This was the set of, like, this is an awesome movie set. This yeah. Isn't, like, it was better this looked like than a, a lot of... Bad movies. Yeah, yeah. So this better. looked like a psychedelic kind of uh, Italian right horror movie. It was totally an Italian horror <laughs> movie totally done yeah. for done for American TV. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that was but cool. um, I enjoyed. That. So yeah, the next one we watch is the big surprise, right? Yeah, and I I want to say you know just you know obviously we talked about the whole spoiler thing. This one in particular. If you haven't seen it, <laughs> it will be spoiled for you in a way that it won't be as much I fun to feel watch. Like it's if on you YouTube. know, actually, I think it is. Yeah. Um, if you want to see this really quick, it's a, not that Press long pause. of a segment. Uh, <laughs> go- Google "big surprise" uh, and and put "night gallery" next with that, and you should come up on a video of just this segment. Um, it stars <laughs> it stars John Carradine. Uh, it was originally part of season two, episode eight. It aired November tenth, nineteen seventy one. 
believe that's season two. Let me double check really quickly. But yes, it definitely, if you're at all interested in Night Gallery and you haven't seen this one, please watch this before we talk about it because it's a short segment and there's no point in watching it if you know what this big surprise is. <laughs> right. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, the big surprise, once you know the punchline, is no longer... I still love it. Yeah. It's... Yeah. it's um, it is Rod, so Rod Serling will roll in his grave when I say this, but it's my favorite Night Gallery <laughs> segment. <laughs> well, we're, Just, I, I, we're sorry, Rod Serling. I like to sorry. call it. A, I like to call it Occam's ending because it's like it's the simplest ending that you could have. Right. And it's also the best ending. It's right. an eye roll joke, is what this segment is. Yeah. It's yeah. great. I love it, but it's not the cemetery. From the pilot is my favorite segment, hands oh, down. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, over. Yeah. It's so amazing. It's, it's the perfect haunted house feel. It's got. Okay, maybe know, it's not my favorite. Creepy but Moog and harpsichord and like Roddy Dowell and, and Ozzy Davis. Like Roddy McDowell Davis. and Ozzy Davis. Uh. So, so the big surprise is a. And and honestly, well, this is actually based on a short story by Richard Matheson, which I was surprised. A, a weird, Surprise. a weird old man. Yes, I was two surprises. A weird old man hollers at some boys walking by his his house, and well, it's, it's the setup of you know the kids. Sure, Drew, you can tell the thing. Sorry, no, it's okay. No, go ahead. No, I mean, me well, time. it's just it's 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 like. The 80s quintessential, it's pre-80s, but it's the 80s quintessential, like, kids going on adventure on their own, parents don't exist kind of thing, and they're, like, you know, going home, and they're going by old man, whatever his name is. The creep, John Carradine. Creep, right. Creepy old man who lives creepy down the road. Creepy old man's house, and they're, like, old West everyone... Lot of Universal Studios. Right, and everyone <laughs> has their story about the old man, and, you know, like, he's crazy, and he's gonna kill people or something crazy mm -hmm. or he has killed people everyone has their own story of the crazy old man in the house mm -hmm. that looks deserted so you know they're like daring each other to go up there but then he starts calling out to them you know and asking them to come up which is creepy and disconcerting you know right except for that it's awesome because it's john carradine but yeah so he's you know he tells them that if they go out to a specific location and they dig, there'll be a big surprise. Four feet down. Yeah. Yes. Which sounds really ominous. Right. And the first time I saw this, Once. I thought, oh god, this is gonna get really messed up. Super <laughs> specific too, you know, it's like you got you know that oak tree. Yeah, I know the oak tree. Go twenty paces, you know, due west or whatever it was from that oak tree and dig four feet down and you'll get a big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Which the boys automatically fantasize that it's going to be treasure of some sort. And yeah. so the boys do. There's a lot. They go out. They find the spot. They start digging. And there's a lot of bickering because digging is hard work. Well, and there's also argument deep. on whether or not there is a surprise or this old man's just dicking around. One kid's them. pretty there's, sure they've been had from the get-go. There's also argument over how far they've dug down because... Yeah, none of these kids have a good sense of length. Not yeah. at all. These kids are like, yeah, these kids are like, yeah, you dug down four feet and it's like up to the kid's waist. Right. <laughs> up to this kid's waist. It's like, I'm pretty sure that kid's not That's eight feet tall. Feet, you dug four <laughs> feet. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Let me dig just one I more foot. I have to say, though, like, you know, kid actors are so very rarely good. Oh, they were, they were, yeah, it was, they were convincing. Yeah, they were good kid actors. I have to, before we reveal what the big surprise is, did you guys have guesses watching this? I I think I forgot. Because Andy and, Andy and Chris saw this for the first time today. I, uh, think I forgot that this one was going to be, like, shorter, so Uh I thought there was going to be a more, like, elaborate, like, oh, I, like I, you were gonna find out what was in the hole, and then it was gonna go and, and further along. It would be along. like his wife, and then like you'd have to go back to him and be like, "We found your wife's dead body." Well, they even something. speculated at one time the kids. Right. One of the yeah. things was, yeah. you know, it's yeah. probably his wife's body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably just I, wants to I mess also, with us. I also thought it would be funny if they were just digging down in the dirt and hit like a uh, an electrical. Uh, Electrical <laughs> and they all got the killed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. These, these kids weren't acquainted with call before you dig. Should have yeah. called the phone line first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I had no idea. Given that, like, given how sparse this is, literally, like Allison and Drew were saying, the setup is there's some kids and they're walking, and this crazy old guy tells them to go dig somewhere. It's like what? I have no idea what could be in this hole. It sounds wrong. It does. I, and I'm like, what, is it going to be a septic tank? Is it, you know? Yeah. Right. I had to dig a new sewer line. I wanted you boys to help. Okay. That would be a really... I mean, there are a lot of creative, but also kind of slightly nasty ways an old man can screw with some obnoxious kids. Yeah. And Although you are right. If you needed a septic tank, Doug, you could just oh. tell kids that... No, no, not a septic tank that's already there. Like, you know, like, if you need it to a hole. If you need, or like our pond. I should have told, like, the neighbor (laughs) kids. kids. When we started working on the kid, there's treasure three feet down right here. (laughs) No. Dig exactly three feet down, you'll find treasure. Because then you'll... And when they got dug three feet down, you give them each a dollar, here's your treasure. (laughs) No. (laughs) It's not worth it. And you have little kids in your backyard <laughs> asking you a million questions and complaining the whole time. Yeah. And then the parents get mad because, you know, child labor. Yeah. So. You learn true. the true meaning of friendship. Isn't there treasure enough in that? <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! Surprise! You thought this was going to be like the Goonies. Guess nope. what? Nope. <laughs> Guess what? You're adopted. Yeah. <laughs> so that is not what the surprise is. So eventually, because there's three little boys at the beginning, two of the little boys end up, end up deciding that they've been had by the old man. And and there's totally no treasure, dug at least there's four nothing. Feet. Yeah, so the one, but one kid, he's he's fully on board still. And he's just, he digs and digs and digs by himself. And like the sun's starting to lower he's in the sky. And then you kind of wonder, <laughs> is it going to get dark? Is something bad going to happen? And, and he eventually... He hits something. He hits a big old trunk of something. Yeah, kind. and so right. he and he and while he's he's out yeah. there, he's imagining to himself about like how the other boys will be envious and no, you can't have any of my treasure, man. Yeah. Like he's like, getting a little red hen on them. So <laughs> he did all the work. He did all the work. He, he cleared that last three inches of soil. And he gets the surprise all to himself. So <laughs> he gets he gets this big long box kind of coffin looking box mm-hmm. uncovered creepy and lo and behold it well, starts it yeah it starts, it starts to move it it open. 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 It's, like, it's got a lock yeah. on it. well that's one thing i when i watch it the first time 
as like, oh, they're digging up a body. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's they, night gallery. He tells them to like dig going. four feet down, and so not only have they dug four feet down, but they've dug six feet long by two feet <laughs> yeah. wide yeah, and yeah. then four feet down. And it's like, there's no way they would have dug just for production costs, they, they wouldn't have dug that big of a hole. Maybe they found a bass guitar. Did you ever think of that? <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, I kind of, like, twist. in a way, I'm like, what did these kids think they were digging up? <laughs> maybe, maybe one of them wanted to see Or did they dig four feet down, not find anything, then dig four Tre feet down again? Treasure in an oblong box. Yeah, <laughs> like a treasure chest. Usually oh, treasure oh, chests oh, are box. ten feet long by two feet wide. Sure. We all know from Poe that an oblong box is a good <laughs> right? thing. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, so it, the, this oblong box in question opens up and... <laughs> What do we find? But crazy-eyed John Carradine mugging at the camera right and he yells, surprise. Fish eye lens and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he gives a big old wink. Yeah. And the first so time good. I saw this, I was going through all, it was like so long ago, I was going through and renting all, all of the DVDs from a local video store back when I lived in Eugene. And I got to this, this and it was just like, what the hell? <laughs> How is this that's, a story? That's that so is absurd. the appropriate well, response they, to this. Well, because they also like <laughs> hold on him for like a little longer. Just yeah. To, uh, oh yeah. But they they, they wanted want to sink in. But, yeah. Give me a little but, eh? But, but, eh? Yeah. But it's not like he's like made up to look like a, a corpse. No. No. Like, no. It's just John Carradine. Just him. Carrey. Just kind of being, you know, like what your it's like lackey uncle that buried himself in a box. <laughs> It's like, an Adams family game. Well, then you yeah. like wakes you, dead. You, I think about it, like, and I'm like, logistically, is there a tunnel going from this yeah. guy's house? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I all the way out. underground to a, to a to a to a escape hatch shaped nope. like a coffin lid. That he just has to every once in a while fuck with people. Yeah. He went down there and hung out for a whole afternoon yeah. you know waiting for these people. Go, go to that tree. Actually, why don't you wait about three and a half hours? <laughs> yeah, no, by the time it takes him to dig four feet down. We're going to yeah. buy property. We could totally set oh this up. Oh, my God. Oh, jeez. We'll be, we'll be uh, everyone's favorite aunt and uncle. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> make, make, making... Making all the kids go out think, on I the property and get, dig a four foot deep hole. <laughs> as we get older, we should we need we need to make sure that we have have a good attorney. So in case anyone tries to put us in a home for being oh, weird, but we but we we could totally start, see how many weird shenanigans signing, we can pull as seniors before signing before documents and paperwork that we had plans for this before we went senile. Don't yep, worry, yep. Oh, yeah. we haven't lost our minds. It's not time for medication. Unless we've already lost our minds. I was going to say, you have already. Uh, oh, I don't know. That would be like a do. fun trick for the trick-or-treater. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, you, you couldn't. You couldn't have him digging in your yard, though. No. You'd have to figure out a shortcut. No, I, I had this idea on Halloween, and <laughs> in this day and age, you know, when we were watching the Pete and Pete episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and just the world kind of got me into this mood. This is a complete tangent. But, um, and this probably wouldn't fly these days with how, you know, people are about their kids and stuff, but I was thinking a cool Halloween night thing to do would be, like, if you gave some kids a quest on Halloween, and you had some, like, buried treasure or something That's somewhere, fun. you know, it's like, hey, I'll give you kids some candy, 
And, oh, hey, I heard to watch out for this guy, so-and-so, you know, running around the neighborhood. And this guy, so-and-so, is wearing a costume or whatever. And the kids run up to him. And he's like, oh, well, you got to go to this place and do this. And, well, that's you know. kind of like, like we've been... like cosplay? Kind of, yeah. We've been working that into our annual Halloween party every year. This year we had a scavenger hunt where you had to interact with different props and art and stuff around our property. And, yeah. And we want to make it more elaborate every year. But it would be fun to even just have some, like, I don't know, kind of like a like a one of those murder party dinners yeah, where they sure. have like live theater to like get it get more and more elaborate with it yeah or or get and some you people... end it with digging up john carradine exactly you guys although saw... i think that's pretty illegal rest now. in yeah. peace john it's carradine like a... <laughs> what, what if the surprise yeah, is that he's just hanging out oh god just waiting you guys have these like he might be you guys have these like really really high concept ideas it's like you guys never bought a box of razor blades and just... wow <laughs> what Started filling apples. No one trick or treat Chris's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's well, a good see, thing you're in an apartment. See, we Drew Drew's seen Night of the Demons, and I like to make pies, so we don't we don't do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right, are we done with big surprise? Oh, surprise! Wait, as finished as we can be with it. We can move on. So I it's. It's fun. It's not it's not the quality storytelling on the level of any of the previous episodes we talked still about. Still love it. But it's great. And also it was a it was a Jack Laird, you know, joint. He he put that in there. <laughs> Pretty sure a Jack Laird joint. Pretty sure Rod Sterling was not on board. Madison, yeah, Madison, write me something creepy. Okay, <laughs> dude, yeah, five minutes. Well, I'm kind of curious about this short story. Like, I need to, I need to look up more about where did this originally appear somewhere, or did he write this just for the show? It's part of like an anthology, you know. I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't elaborate on the source. I'm well, I mean, at, but... yes, it's, it's just a long setup. For a really bad punchline. It's a really bad joke, yeah. But, like, the writing of the characters of the kids is actually pretty good. Like, the kids, I think their interactions are really believable and everything. Yeah. So, (laughs) there had, there was some thought put into this. It wasn't just five minutes of a kid digging a hole. It's true. Sure. It was, no, it was well, well put together and the buildup made you think something sinister was going to happen. And then and when hopefully they... you pause this and aren't listening to this before you've watched it. Because <laughs> otherwise, I don't know. I mean, other than like getting excited. I don't excited... think attention's that good anymore. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And the first time I saw it, I was actually really concerned about what the kids were going to dig up and thought it was going to be something creepy and I also kind of thought like they would turn against each other and like one would like hit the other. Oh, oh. get dark? Something. Go yeah. on Lord of the Flies? <laughs> totally, no. yeah. Like well, maybe they're, the surprise would be that now there's two kids down in the bottom of that oh. hole. <laughs> and that's and just... one kid that has to... Now, now, that's the Rob Sterling episode. <laughs> Rob Sterling episode, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I do have to say there's something about the tone of the end that makes me feel a little bit like when I was a little kid and our grandpa would be like, oh, pull my finger or something like that. Uh-huh. Or the time he told our cousins that um, deer pellets were petrified marbles and that they should go play with them. Well, it's it like a little honorary grandpa stuff. It's like one night when I was a kid and I stayed the night at a friend's house and it was like before his dad goes off the bed, he like ducks his head in and he's like, hey, don't tell Chris this house was bar- it was built on an Indian burial ground. 
Had you just seen Poltergeist? Uh, no, actually, we just came the, out just recently. Actually, though. we just watched Alien. It was like my first time watching Alien. It was so awesome. <laughs> I love that. Oh, good memories. Yeah, his dad was the coolest, and then his parents got divorced. So, what happened? He never yeah. saw his awesome dad again. Oh. <laughs> Well, anyway, our last segment... Chris bringing us up again here. Yeah. <laughs> our last segment of the night was basically a, uh, a comedic love letter to H.P. Lovecraft and the various was, people who've assisted him. Yeah. It was really With good. Carl Reiner. Yep. It's, it's called Professor Peabody's Last Lecture, and it also aired season two, episode eight, uh, on November 10th, 1971, I think right after Big Surprise, mm-hmm. so yeah, because it's the reason we watch like every time you watch Big Surprise on the DVD, it just instantly starts playing next because they're connected together. Oh. Well, yeah, because yeah. it's all part of one episode. Oh it's well, and episode. I think they also use the same. I think both Surprise and Mr. Peabody's last, last, sorry, last lecture, last lecture. Uh, I think they both use that speed it up. Like, all oh, the clouds are moving in. Yeah. It's going to be a storm. I think it uses the same shot. I'm like, that looks cool. Are they directed by the same person? Um, no. Uh, this one was directed by Gerald Friedman, and it was written by Jack Laird, uh, the yeah. Professor Peabody. Yeah, this, so, this one had a very Jack Laird They were both too. comedic and cheeky, yep. rib-jabbing. The, the Jack Laird joint sounds like a good name for like a campy horror podcast. It does. <laughs> It'd be really an obscure oh, reference, yeah. though. You'd only, you only get a few people. I think your target people. audience would appreciate it, though. I, I love uh, Carl Reiner in this. And Carl Reiner um, is also... If, if there's the Mel Brooks Carl Reiner. They did the uh, the 10,000-year-old man, man yeah. skit. Which is so good and timeless and, and funny, but like... Carl Reiner kind of starts off kind of goofy in this, and no, but Carl as Reiner he... is the ten thousand year old man. <laughs> oh, he's still around, right? Or did he die recently? Uh, I don't know. Always the fun, fun I don't, thing to bring I don't up. Know. I'm pretty sure he's still alive. Uh, Abe Vigoda is dead. Yeah, Abe Vigoda is dead. But uh, um, uh, did, yeah, did his son looked... Rob Reiner direct The Goonies? Am I? Thinking Rob Reiner directed. What did Rob? Oh, Rob Reiner. Oh, directed Robert Robert Zemeckis directed the Goonies. No. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Richard no. Donner did. Richard Goonies. Donner did Goonies. Okay. Uh, but but Rob, Rob Reiner, Reiner did Stand did. by Me, didn't he? Uh, maybe? maybe I think so. He did uh, some Rob Reiner did. Adventure. Rob Reiner did do This Is Spinal Tap. Yeah. Mm, I love This Is yeah. Spinal Tap. Rob Reiner's great. He's, and I think North. What? Wait, wait. wait, he did North. I think he directed. Oh, it was okay. So he North. also directed Stand by Me. It was bugging me. I was like, he directed right. one of those. But one of my beloved favorites. Well, he's like kids on an adventure. He's Paul Reiner's kid. Yeah. Yes, he is. I totally oh. forgot that. Wow, yeah. that makes so much sense. And I'm honestly, you know, because generationally, I'm more familiar with That's his like son's some, work than. I, I than just Carl realized Reiner's. after five months, after being in my new job for five months, I finally realized that that. The receptionist and somebody that works there having the last same name are uh, actually related and don't just share the same last name. Oh, huh. mother, mother, daughter. But I was literally yeah. like the other day. There's a lot like, of people. Wait, that are... so so's your mom? And she's like, yeah. yeah, we have the same last name. I'm like, oh, I didn't think you're related. Carl Reiner directed the jerk. 
Carlisle. Yeah. Oh, that's yes. right. Yes. And he is still alive. Yep. He is 96 years young. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Keep on trucking, Carl Reiner. Yeah, Dude. it's him and yeah. Betty White and somebody, like, there's a group of people in their 90s that are famous that have kind of formed a group where they, they hang out sometimes and oh. talk to each other. Oh, yeah? They've and joked about it a And they're all incredibly and, funny. Yeah, they're yeah, all funny fun. old people. Huh. That sounds fun. Dude in the I would want to hang out with I them. Mean, uh, yeah, you want to talk about a classic, man. <laughs> yeah. Steve Martin at his finest. Viewers, <laughs> viewers and listeners at home, um, if you have not seen The Jerk with Steve Martin, uh, you owe it to your life. <laughs> it is so good and it's so funny and it still is funny and my mom I, used to always tell me that you know dumbass people didn't know shit from shine all <laughs> yeah i know i didn't realize for it took me until I, I saw the jerk to realize that she'd ripped that off yep because yep. she always used to i mean say it was that. a saying before the jerk but yeah, but it, she's she's a Steve Martin fan. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that. Oh yeah. And encouraged well, her. Just, I, so. Yeah. So just to clarify for for everybody playing at home, who's, <laughs> who uh, who did not watch this up this short before we start talking about it, Carl Reiner is playing the professor, as in Professor Peabody, and I was kind of wondering, did anybody think? Is that a reference to Rocky and Bullwinkle? Because they have know. Professor Peabody maybe, in in that. Isn't there a conservatory or something? Peabody Conservatory. I feel maybe. like if it's going to be a reference to something, it's going to be something horror themed or Lovecraftian themed. Because all the rest of the stuff True. is mm-hmm. winks and nods to horror writers well, and all whatnot. All the students that he calls on his class, there's uh, he calls on Mr. Block, which is. Uh, at, psycho uh, Robert Block, who wrote right. Psycho. Then later he says, uh, Mr. Durleth, who is uh, a reference to August Durleth, who was the, was he the founder of Arkham House? Arkham House, yeah. He published uh, many of the Lovecraft's Lovecraft stuff. Well, and, and, then, and then he calls on Mr. Lovecraft. Himself. Uh, who, yeah, who is, who is actually like, kind of like this dim-witted, kind of ner- He's nerdy. He's basically... Kind of like, Kenneth from 30 Rock. There you go, that's it. Like, he looks and kind of is acting like Kenneth a little bit. Like, he's excited, but a little dim-witted. Because I guess maybe if they cast on some, like, pale, like, tall, thin guy who was slightly racist, it would be too on the nose. (laughs) Oh, uh, Who's, who's, like, telling the professor... Uh, aren't you're you afraid of people yeah. uh, coming into this country? And yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. You're mispronouncing that. Where, where were you born? So anyway, um, and it's just, it's a short where he's just, Professor Peabody's giving a lecture on ancient gods and religions. The old and, ones. And he starts naming off all these gods that are supposed to be remain nameless. Yeah. Well, or to not to be spoken out loud. And, yeah. and they are all incidentally uh, the the old ones and associated old gods from H.P. Lovecraft. They're the mythos. Lovecraft pantheon. Yes. Yeah. And, and you know... Maybe after, maybe Professor Peabody is the Peabody is a is, is a reference to Lovecraft. I haven't really read any Lovecraft, so doesn't he he makes some joke about oh probably the last person that spoke to this god was on some sort of lysergic. Oh, lysergic acid. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's pretty good. And, and also like, you know, they're like dismissive. the the people in class keep asking him, like, well, should we maybe not 
be saying the names out loud. Like, maybe you can just point, you know? And he's like, oh, what, are you afraid they're gonna come? Maybe I should call the missus and tell her to set one more place for dinner. Ha ha ha. And then he continues and to read every single name. <laughs> yeah. And mock them. And But no, as far as I can tell, Peabody is not a reference to any Lovecraft character. Okay. I've read... I would say most of his short stories, but not all of them, and not all of them stuck like glue. So, you know, if I'm wrong about that, any fans out there, feel free to Yeah, me. I don't remember Peabody being Sadly, all of my Lovecraft story knowledge comes from film or television adaptations, which I've seen quite a few of, yeah. but I haven't actually sat down and read any of his work. Well, the a lot of the, and I have to, I have to plug Wayne June here, because Wayne June has a fantastic voice. Um, he's famous as the narrator from the game Darkest Dungeon, and he has also mm -hmm. done audiobook readings of many of H.P. Lovecraft's stories. Hmm. And he has this lovely, deep voice that is just perfect for describing, you know, madness-inducing horrors. Cool. I should um, so if you're if you're looking for a, a good place to listen to some Lovecraft on audiobooks, look for the Wayne June versions. All right. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, he keeps reading the names, of course, and the weather keeps getting worse. And <laughs> yeah. he keeps saying, you know, like, oh, yeah, particularly weird weather today. But, and but keeps reading and doesn't think anything of it. But there's a certain point where there's that really long shot. He's just center screen and it kind of zooms in and he just starts building in, like, fiery intensity right and it's, it's just so good you know he, right. he really dives into it well it was like i don't remember which one of you but one of you mentioned while we were watching it like is he trying to invoke the gods right now oh, right. and offer yeah. up the classroom no, as I, a sacrifice i thought he might be trying to sacrifice all the students <laughs> right. by calling yeah. you know calling out these names right he's secretly a well because he was up there on this lecture and as he's saying the stuff he's like getting clearly agitated starting to get yeah. sweaty i'm like this guy's this is suspicious this guy's up to something but he right. makes he makes some really good mugging i think at the very end uh he makes some face that's kind of tim curry-esque uh it's very right he gets really out there really right before the very end yeah. where he gets turned into a weird swamp monster with one eye yeah <laughs> yeah and then says you know that's that's the end of this lecture. Yeah, now if anybody has any questions. Yes. <laughs> and of course, you know, the, uh, the entire classroom is stone-faced. Shocking off. Yes. Horrifying. I like how you get a, a big pan of all the students' reaction faces, but most of them are just kind of holding in, mm -hmm. uh, in a still It's pose. like a freeze frame, but, you know, they couldn't... Yeah. They, they it's wanted cute. A, it was a freeze frame and pan before the Matrix invented the freeze frame and pan. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I think I think this selection of sh of segments kind of illustrates the diversity and also some of the push and pull creatively that happens throughout Night Gallery. Um, but even the silly episodes I think are really fun, and mm -hmm. and the substance provided by Sterling and all the other creative people that he had involved with the show really make it a quality program throughout and it's a high recommend for all of us mm, absolutely yeah for I think, sure uh, um you know the the precursor to night gallery twilight zone gets of course a lot of love because i mean because it's good mm -hmm. but i i feel like uh night gallery criminally was is kind of underrated uh even today although i think that also owes now to it being available on streaming services and so it's right. easier to catch yeah um, so i think probably to watch. 
ultimately one of the biggest things of demise though was the infighting between you know everyone on how the show should be portrayed and sure. you know should it be serious should it be just you know should it change the world or should we just make a cash grab while we can kind of a thing well and i think you know sterling was was a a deeply creative person and a deeply thoughtful writer and i think he wanted to be able to express himself and have this be an art form for him and i think um you know more in the way that twilight zone was and i think it was really frustrating for him to have sort of the push to be you know kitschy and jokey and campy horror and and have this be more appealing to I don't want to even to say a wider audience because I think a wide audience loved what he did with the Twilight Zone, but just kind of to make it more lighthearted and and silly fun. So you know, I mean that that happens sometimes. Mm -hmm. You get your your Beatles situations where you have Paul and John <laughs> infighting about which direction the band is going. Right. You should have just listened to George. Yeah. He wrote all the best songs. But, uh, and Ringo. Uh, well, arguable. Okay. Arguable, there's, yes. There's, there's, there's <laughs> the, he didn't write Octopus's Garden. No. There's, there's the old joke that um, they invented the track skip section on CD players so that you could skip over the one sitar song in every Beatles album. Oh. With respect to George Harrison. Pretty genius, good. talented that musician. Is, that, is, but, that is pretty yeah. good, I have to say. Like, yeah. There's always that track. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but if I had to listen to Love for You one more time, I'm, uh... did he write Across the Universe? <laughs> George Harrison? Mm -hmm. Or just no, that was is John. that John Lennon? Okay. Yeah. That was that's John because the, George Harrison wrote something though. Oh, yeah. that's a good yeah, song. Which, a song. <laughs> which then uh, there's live Sinatra recordings. He says this is my favorite Lennon McCartney song. Oh. And then he sings something. <laughs> I think uh, I think George Harrison also wrote Across the Universe, but I won't swear to that. Well, that's no, what I just asked. No, that's, oh, that's no, not Across the Universe. Yeah. Um, the, oh, what was I thinking? He did. Uh, he did. Um, no, while my guitar gently that yeah, he definitely did. Definitely did. Yeah. And uh, here comes the sun. Yes. Uh, yeah. Did he write Norwegian Wood? No, that was John. John. We should probably wrap this up since we're talking about Beatles songs. Star yes. Wars. <laughs> yeah. He also wrote Empire Strikes Back. Wrote Empire. No, no, that, was, that was John <laughs> Williams. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Nice try, guys. John Williams, the fifth Beatle. For those playing at home, that does not count as a Star Wars reference. Just blurting oh. out Star Wars doesn't count for <laughs> Ten demerits. No. You know, I'm just going to blurt out Chewbacca really quick. Yeah. Unless you're singing the Chewbacca song, <laughs> and then that's a different story. Should we should we close out the episode there's with a, with Star Wars music just so that there can be a kid at home waiting. I mean, he just oh. <laughs> he's, he's staying up late. He just wants to hear one Star Wars reference Star Wars so he can take a shot of whiskey before bed. Is that kid Blaine Clark? Oh. <laughs> Blaine Clark already made an appearance. No, but so. he would like the Star Wars reference in the shot of whiskey. Yeah, he probably would. <laughs> if it doesn't happen organically, you can't fit it in. Okay? It's true. <laughs> That's okay. We talked about lots of other quality things. We did, we did. Because there are other things. In the universe, there are. Oh, you in the galaxy about, far, far, far away. You yeah. talked about you talked about quality things, unlike the last Jedi. 
Oh. Hot take. Wow. We're definitely wrapping up now. <laughs> it's taking a turn. Anyway, thank you for listening to The Haunted Davenport. Um, if you would like to get in touch with us, we have a Twitter. It's at Haunted Davenport. And that's with one D. And then we have a homepage, which is currently at thehaunteddavenport.podbean.com. And there you can see links and show notes and listen to all of our episodes and our, our now we have 11 episodes. Yeah. So 11 episodes you can listen to. And before we say our final goodbye, I do have to mention a big thank you to our friends at the Horror Movie Podcast. They have been one of my all-time favorite podcasts on the very first podcast I ever started listening to for the last several years. And... I've been lucky enough to be a guest um, a few times now, and I was just recently a guest. But they have been longtime supporters of this show and been promoting us all year in our past year of existing, and Woo. we're very grateful to them. And the Retro Movie Geek podcast, another dear favorite of mine, um, has also been excellent in supporting us. Um, I've gotten some really lovely, encouraging messages from the hosts. I've been a guest there as well, and they always you know, share and support the podcast as well. So thank you so much to all of you for yeah. supporting the Haunted Davenport podcast. It means a lot. Um, I, for one, became a podcaster because I was inspired by these guys and their podcasts and their, their high-quality shows. If you are not someone who was referred by them to our show, I highly re recommend checking them out. They do talk about films rather than shows mostly. Um, although... Retro Movie Geek will be coming out with the sidecast where they talk about uh, TV movies and um, their segment's called Terror on the Tube. I think it's going to be a complete sidecast on its own and they have one episode out already that I know of for nice. sure. So you can check out Retro Movie Geek at RetroMovieGeek.com. Uh, you can check out Horror Movie Podcast at HorrorMoviePodcast.com and I will put links in our show notes on our Podbean site. Um, you can hear me on the most recent episode of Horror Movie Podcast. If you're a fan of Suspiria, um, that might be of interest to you. We compare and contrast the original Suspiria with the new Suspiria that came out this fall. Anybody else have anything they want to add before we say goodbye? I don't have anything to plug. Okay. Yeah, uh, if you haven't seen Mandy, go see Mandy. Nice. It's the best movie of 2018 and possibly of the last 100 years. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow. <That's> and <laughs> 100 years of filmmaking. Years yeah. of film Mandy. Mandy. Because, because, because Nikki Coppola. Yeah, because it uh, uh, it starts with a King Crimson song Ooh, in the, in the main Crimson. titles. It's got Nicolas Cage going crazy. It's got a chainsaw fight. It's got trippy, like, it's got baba lighting. It's got live lighting. It's got <sighs> just, lighting. it's Panos Cosmatos who should make every movie ever for the next <laughs> hundred years. All right, Chris um, is sold. I'm <laughs> sold. You should check it out. It's super fun. I think it's gonna be on Shutter. Um, soon, soon at the end of this yeah, month. Yeah. Um, so also Shutter is awesome. But if you can catch it in the theaters, seriously. You, because I, I think the people in the audience when I went to go see, like, very rarely do you have the experience where an audience claps at the end of a movie mm. and, and everybody just, they couldn't help it. You know, it was so 
awesome. Yeah, the audience at the end of the Suspiria remake, the, at least the guys that we could hear that were sitting right near us, said, what the hell did I just watch? Right. Well, there, was, <laughs> there was no clapping. There, there was that and Mandy that was sort of clapping, and what was that? Yeah. That was awesome, yeah. Right. Well, the guy, in fairness, the guys said, what the fuck was that? And then after that, there was a pause, and then I love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so just, they didn't hate it. No, they just not don't at know all. what just happened. Not at all. <laughs> Andy, so, you have any anything? No, I. The only thing I've got going on is I'm trying to get together with some friends to go see a movie that just came out called Overlord. Oh which, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Looks, looks like a schlocky World War II Nazi zombie. Movie. I heard good things. Yeah, and, like I, and I, I've, I've been hearing some great stuff about it, but I haven't been able to see it yet, and I don't know any spoilers about it. So recently, horror movie podcast uh-huh. covered all of these movies oh, that my. we're just talking about. Mandy was in their episode before this most recent episode, but mm-hmm. you can hear them talk about Mandy and. They also covered Overlord and, you know, Suspiria because yeah. I was there. So for if that, you're interested so. in any of those films, they are available. <laughs> there's, there's, if you want to hear some, some quality discussion from, you know, three great podcasters with varying tastes, I think hmm. everybody kind of has their own take on things and yeah, it makes sure. it nice. Kind of like here, except mm-hmm. for, I don't know. And we all seem to like Vincent less, Price Less well. Star Wars yeah. references. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> now nah, we, the three of us tend, or the three of us, sorry, the four of us tend to be in really, I don't know who I'm, who I'm leaving out there. <laughs> I tend to be in pretty good agreement about most things. Oh, so one final thing. Uh, we will be doing a winter themed episode for December. Yes. Uh, I think we're going to be talking about a little bit of X-Files in the snow and a little bit of Twilight Zone in the snow to give mm. everybody a hint. And um, we, it's in the works. We haven't recorded it yet, but I think Drew and I will be recording a bonus episode where we talk about the first six seasons of... Have we watched six seasons? Yeah, we've watched... We're oh, on... Dark six, yeah, of, of wow. Dark Shadows. Oh, wow. And um, the reason why we're going to talk about six seasons at once is because they go fast, and there are almost 30 of them, and well, they're all on Amazon like Prime right now. We could make a short episode per season or something, too, maybe. Mm. Recap. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. I, I think... We'll, we'll have some small bonus I think we, we should just lump storylines together, but we can we can work that out off the way. air. Uh, but there will be some... There will be more than one bonus Dark Shadows episode as Drew and I go along, but we've just finished the first six seasons, so we're going to be talking about it real soon. If and you're not familiar with Dark Shadows, like I wasn't 100% familiar with it before we started watching it, it is very engaging. It is a soap opera, though. So it was on five days a week for years. Mm-hmm. And so when we first started watching it, I thought, you know, once we were 12 or 13 episodes in, I was like, wow, these seasons kind of just don't really get very far. We've only gone through like two days worth of actual content (laughs) like she literally just showed up in town yesterday and we're 12 episodes in so then i googled it for the first time and realized that there's like over a thousand episodes which is why we're not asking andy and chris to watch them Mm. with us We're not trying to exclude you guys. If you ever want to join in, that's totally mm-hmm. awesome. That'd be great. But but Drew we and I just decided basically every day. <laughs> we wow. will 
we'll tackle it as a side project because I think you can't talk about retro horror television and not talk about Dark Shadows. And we both love it. It's If you like things like um, classic black and white horror, you love a gothic feel, you love William Castle films, um, Dark Shadows is a bit campy. It's, you know, it's got great atmosphere. It's very low budget, but I think it's really well acted for the shoestring that it's on. And I think um, it just has this great gothic feel to it. And, and don't let soap opera turn you off. There is some drama, but it's a, it's a story that has a lot of supernatural elements. It mm. starts off a little bit slow, but then once it get go gets going, there's there's ghosts and witches and seances and right. haunted paintings and vampires. We're going to talk about though, like horror TV, mm -hmm. and uh, if you include soap operas in that, we need to talk about the story arc in the late '90s on was it Days of Our Lives where one of oh, where Marlena gets Marlena is possessed by a demon. Oh yeah, okay. If you want to, if you want to do that, we can do well, that. that. And we should we can go there. Some shows because. That was entertaining <laughs> as heck. No, we can go there. Well, and the first thing that popped into my mind when you talk about soap operas and supernatural horror and stuff, I'm like, oh. that's Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And straight I, up. You yeah. can, yeah. And, you know, if you guys want to watch mm -hmm. some Dark Shadows episodes, um, they're, I think, in their entirety streaming on Prime right now. Okay. I'm not sure how long they'll be there, but they're there right now. So that's kind of why we're kind of just like binge watching. Yeah. Also, it's a little addictive. Once you get, get going, you years, get sucked yeah. in. Well, because they end basically every episode on a cliffhanger. Of course. And they also are really good at overlapping the stories just enough that you're never like, oh, that was the end of that. It's oh. always like, okay, mm -hmm. that's over, but what the hell is going on with this new guy? <laughs> Yeah, so why is he in town? So we'll and, and and of course if you if you guys jump on and you decide I have to join in on this conversation, you're more than welcome. I just we Drew and I didn't want to burden you with thousands of episodes <laughs> to, that you have to watch. And the thing is, if they take them off Prime, I'm probably just gonna buy them because I love I love them. Mm. But and I I wasn't expecting that. I thought I would like the show. I love the show. Mm, okay. Once I got used to the characters, I start. I have favorite characters. I love My their interactions. Name is Victoria Winters. We gotta save that for the bonus episode. <laughs> so, so yeah, I I'd like to get at least at least one one of those in the next month out and available for people. And okay. I think there's quite a few Dark Shadows hardcore fans out there. So. Yeah. Um, I think that'll be a really fun discussion. A terrible movie that came out. Yeah, yeah a, a, we can... a recent Tim Burton and uh, Johnny Depp vehicle. If, if we want to start a drinking game where I bag on Tim Burton and Johnny Depp, that that could be a thing. Um, <laughs> Wait, is Dark Shadows the one, the Tim Burton movie where Johnny Depp has a pale face and it's creepy? <laughs> <laughs> that one. <laughs> Nice job. Got, uh, nice I got four days come four days off coming up here on Thanksgiving and nothing to do. So I it could, might be time for I dark could, shit. I could introduce I could introduce to you the show. I'd be happy. I'd be happy to do so. It's, you can rewatch the first few episodes with them. Yeah. Get them started. I would. I would do that. I don't. Maybe I need to take some notes. So that, you know. But yeah. So that's that's where we're at with Dark Shadows. There's a lot of it, but we definitely want to cover it. So we're gonna just be slipping that in on the side. That sounds mm. dirty. <laughs> Here and there, it'll little be a little dark shadow side a, action. A little Huston wife side action. Haunted <laughs> tavern. Maybe I uh, don't want to be here. For that. <laughs> Sorry, oh. we're getting we're 
long discussion oh, about Night Gallery. Yep. Big surprise. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> All right. I think we should end it right there. Yeah. <laughs> See y'all next month. <laughs> we still have listeners. <laughs> they love it.